Hello and welcome to Mash Mouth, a podcast covering every single episode of the hit 1970s sitcom, Mash. I'm Ethan. And I'm Vanessa. Vanessa, we don't have much to discuss in the way of like opening topics this week, so how about we just kind of get into this episode right away? I am all for that. <laughs> okay. So, in this episode, The Chosen People, a Korean family crashes the camp, claiming that the 4077th is on their land. Frank is an absolute ass about everything while trying to sort things out. And at the same time, a young Korean woman comes from a local village claiming that Radar is the father of her child. Uh, Vanessa... What did you think of this episode? So I really enjoyed this episode. It has the classic MASH feel, even though it's a little bit different than all the other like classic-y MASH episodes to me. I thought that it was funny. I thought that the commentary was pretty on point. Um, Like you said, Frank was a complete ass in this episode, and that I felt was really like commentary on some stuff um i thought it was well handled because it was like rebutted by hawkeye and trapper in a very like funny way um Mm -hmm. yeah i just i enjoyed this episode a lot yeah this one is very solid i didn't think it was like a remarkable one but i enjoyed it i liked how the the two plots in it the kind of a and b story weren't really that related like she wasn't really from this family i think it was just kind of another thing happening while this other stuff was going on and i always think that's interesting that they they kind of do these two storylines that aren't (laughs) necessarily intersecting and uh yeah frank is uh the worst in this one like the absolute worst in like a very real way and it was like i don't even find this like funny it's just like kind of too real and radar thinking that he's like the father of this child i thought was like really sweet how he kind of grew to like this kid more i think i said this to you before we started recording but i know that we sometimes are like oh frank's like kind of nice in this episode or i like frank in this episode but like so many times like this is the type of episode that i'm like oh yeah frank burns sucks and this is why because he's just like a bad person like he Mm -hmm. like this is why hawkeye and trapper don't like him this is why he's such like a shitty guy and yeah this just reminded me how much i hate frank burns but that being said also i really liked how radar grew to like this child and it was it was a really sweet episode um yeah also the baby was really cute (laughs) yes um no this was like a they like, handled this illegitimate child storyline and like made it really cute for Radar. Like they they kind of pulled that off very well. But like you said, Frank is like the absolute worst in this one. So let's let's get into that a little bit <laughs> because uh, after a opening scene with the credits of Radar doing like the bugle call and then somebody egging his face, which I thought was like a really <laughs> funny visual. We go into the OR and Pac, who we saw in the episode with the poker game, is teaching Hawkeye Korean and Frank is just being like the worst man alive and being like, why are you doing that? How dare you even attempt to learn the language of the land that we're in? Uh, (laughs) It was just like disgusting in my opinion. And Hawkeye says that too. He's like, Frank, we're in Korea, like, we might as well learn the language, or at least, like, try, because we'll know later on, but, you know, not knowing any basics of the language to interact with the local people is very, uh, 
you know, not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it run it makes them run into a lot of problems, and we've seen that in the past episodes too. So I I really liked how Pack was trying to teach them, but it was also funny because Hawkeye was like butchering the <laughs> Korean. Um, and it was it was good, but then also after Hawkeye said we might as well try to learn the language. Frank was like, I speak American. It's just like, I, yeah. that's so stupid. That is just so dumb. And he's like, I can go anywhere in the world. That was the most like xenophobic thing that I think that Frank has like really kind of been so far. This kind of just guy who like does exist in the real world of like, no, 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 I don't need to adapt at all. Like, I'm an American. I'm better than everyone else in the world, even though I'm in this foreign country and, you know, should make an effort to do right by them. It's, again, felt like too real. It felt too real to be, like, funny. And it felt too real because, unfortunately, we're still, like, dealing with this today. Like, this is a very 21st century problem as well because I've heard from so many people who are not from America that when Americans come to their country... They act like the world revolves around America and Americans. It's just like, it kind of doesn't. Like, you're not in America anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, It was, like, super weird. And also, yeah. you know that Frank is definitely the type of person to hear people speaking any other language besides English in America and, like, yell at them. Because that's yeah. the kind of, like, jerk he is. I find it very funny that they're doing this kind of, like, commentary joke in the 70s when i feel like that that still happens so much now like you were saying of just people being like i'm an american i'm i'm holier than thou get out of my way uh figure it out for me i'm like great uh but this scene (laughs) does a really great job of setting up the actual conflict of the episode with the family coming in because like you said the fact that they cannot communicate with the Koreans like plays in really well and even the short scene before this with Radar being egged in the face kind of sets up that like Radar is not where he wants to be in life either like people don't respect him Uh, it's very like short and like very concise and very like funny in its own way but I like how they were able to take these two very brief ideas and expand them out throughout the course of the episode. Yeah, and then we get the family that shows up. And <laughs> first of all, <laughs> we get introduced to them by a cow walking into Henry's uh, tent. And that was hysterical. I loved that, that was, so much. <laughs> that was really funny because how freaked out he was. Like It was just like a cow standing there. And he was like, this thing is going to murder me. This thing is going to eat me in my sleep or whatever. Like He was fully <laughs> freaking out. And like, radar... <laughs> It was it was really funny. It was. It was really funny. And I'll read out what our um <laughs> what our outline says. <laughs> So Ethan did this outline. He said, The family showing up at the camp. Hilarious white people trying to communicate with foreigners by yelling at them. Gag ensues. And I have thoughts about this because um, Henry was like trying to communicate with these people who were um, setting up their house and like trying to till the land and whatnot to farm because we find out later that the 4077 they believed was like their farmland before the war started, which is like so, so sad. Like that, it it wasn't, Mm -hmm. it wasn't played as very sad, but if you think about it, that's like terribly sad. Um, That happens, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know it was supposed to be like a funny gag, but I just have always, I've never found it funny in shows where people like, 
use English, like mess up English words to like try to speak in another language because Henry mm-hmm. is like goey homey and it's just like don't do that. I don't know. It's just like so stupid. When when I wrote hilarious white people yelling at foreigners gag, I meant that sarcastically. No, um, I know. I know you did. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure that people uh, at yeah. home know. But yeah, once again, it's the kind of gag that is a little too real. There are too many people that like do this of like, well... They don't speak my language, so I'm going to, like, revert to English baby talk to try to communicate with... Like, that's not how language works. That's never, like, going to work. If they don't understand English, they're not going to, like, go, like, you were yelling at it at me, so I figured it out with the (laughs) Tower babble in my head. Um, But, yeah, it was... uh, This was... It, like, wasn't bad on its own terms. Like, I get what they was doing, and it's, like, not an actual problem with the episode. But it, like, reminded me too much of, like, real people who are just kind of ignorant and kind of, like, just frustrated very easily yelling at other people for not knowing how to speak English, even though they're in Korea. Yeah, and, like, Frank is the same way in this scene, too, because, like... He was, like, screaming at this Korean family. It's just like, we've already established that they don't know English. Please stop. And he, uh, (laughs) especially because Captain Pak is there, like, Pak knows Korean. communicate. Like, just go get him. Why are you even, like, (laughs) trying this? I don't know. So Frank starts screaming at this family, and the family, the, the father starts, like, yelling back. It's just like, yeah, Frank, okay, do you know Korean? Like, did you think that they were just suddenly going to know English? Like, just how you suddenly know Korean? Screw you, what Frank if, Burns. What if they started doing Korean baby talk? Would that help you? <laughs> but also, Frank, like, threatens to shoot this family, which is absolutely insane. And a war crime. Yeah. He says, like, oh, we're going to shoot shots over their head. That'll get them running. And he's, like, smirking and being like, ha, ha, ha. But, like, Henry's like, are you trying to start a war incident in the middle of another war? Which, just, like, come on, man. This is, like, Frank at his... We say it every time that Frank uh, (laughs) is, like, garbage. But this is one where he just really got on my nerves. (laughs) I thought it was very funny how Henry was, like, kind of big mad at Frank. He calls him a dumb dodo because Frank kind of, like, got (laughs) the father of the family, like, riled up. And... Mm -hmm. Henry was like, I was handling it before you were here. Like, what is wrong with you? And yeah, I really didn't like how Frank was just like, yeah, we're like, they're they're fighting in the Korean War for supposedly the Korean people. And Frank is just being such an asshole about it. Like, yeah, you're here to help these people, allegedly. And this is how you're treating the people that you're supposed to be here to help. I don't know. It was it was just so nasty and gross. Sorry, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Sorry we're so angry about these fictional <laughs> like, people. We the enjoyed this episode. Like, I really like this episode, like I said at the top. But, like, there are so many. And, of course, I do like how... Frank is such a like a piece of shit in this episode. Yeah, because, it's like functional. Yeah, because it's like it's like commentary about the war and people's like xenophobic views about the war that America is fighting in. And of course, like it's rebuffed. Like Frank is clearly mm-hmm. in the wrong here. Like everybody is just like, shut up, Frank. Like you have you're such an idiot. And I do like that. <laughs> yeah, it uh and it helps that this kind of is the background element of the episode as yeah. time goes on. 
Like, it definitely shifts focus to uh, Radar with this child, which I guess we should get into. Um, I I thought that this storyline was really sweet. So it starts with this woman coming in, like, carrying a child, and she tells, well, first of all, she can speak English on, like, the family, so she's kind of from a separate part of Mm -hmm. Korea. She tells Henry that the father of this child is a G.I. Joe from the 4077. And the way that she describes the the father, Henry's immediately like, oh, that's either Hawkeye or Trapper, which I thought was really great. <laughs> I thought that, that was really funny. I loved this part where like immediately his mind just goes to Hawkeye or Trapper because she's like, oh, he spoke so nice to me and this, that, and the other thing. And so immediately Henry's like, ah, yes, one of my dog captains seduced this poor girl. And now, <laughs> now she's got a baby. <laughs> Just so funny. Um, and, you know, he calls in Hawkeye and Trapper and like Pac shows up and she's just like, oh, that's not the father and like blah, blah, blah. But then Radar like just kind of comes in with like the reports and she's like, oh, that's the father. And he's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Completely blindsided that Radar could possibly be the dad of anybody. Um, and it was it was really funny because Hawkeye and Trapper were just like, yeah, good for you, Radar. You're getting you some. <laughs> you did it. Confirmed non-virgin. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I have this in my notes. I said, LOL, basically Radar fucks. <laughs> It's revealed that he doesn't, but he tries to pretend like he does, which is like a funny conflict for him to have. Of like, well, I could be the father, even though definitely cannot be. Like, he's too prideful <laughs> to just say like, oh, I've never done it, uh, which is such like a, a dude thing when you're like 19. Of like, oh, well, I uh, yeah, that could happen. I definitely <laughs> could be the father. Yeah, I am definitely sexually active, guys. <laughs> Uh, it's really funny because they decide that they're going to do like a blood test against like the mom's blood and Radar's blood. And I was like, this is crazy to me because that is such an imperfect paternity test. But I guess it's like the only thing that they had really at the time. Like that was really the only way that they could potentially even rule Radar out because, you know, chances are he may have the baby may have the same blood type as Radar doesn't mean that he's necessarily like the dad. But yeah, I thought that this was like time period kind of thing of just like, well, that's not perfect, but okay, I guess. Like they take Radar's blood type and they take the mother's blood type and they're like, oh, they eventually find out that the baby has like a different blood type. And I guess that's the best you could do in the 50s before you had like DNA testing technology like they do now. (laughs) But it definitely doesn't feel like it rules out um, <laughs> and like anybody for being the father. The only thing that fully rules it out is the fact that Radar hasn't had sex ever. If it was <laughs> a little more ambiguous, there would still be like a chance that he's the dad because genetics are weird. Um, but I, I like that he, throughout this episode, has like two things going on. That he uh, starts liking this child and like wanting to protect him because he's like oh cute baby and it's possible not mine but like i want to act like it's mine and then he's also like kind of enjoying the like little bit of cool factor that he has now like people (laughs) thinking that he's like had sex before which is pretty funny (laughs) yeah i um i didn't really like get that in watching the episode until the very end so like you do see radar you know 
eating with Chun-hee, which is the mother's name. Um, You see him eating with her in the mess tent and, you know, he's like playing with the baby, holding the baby while she eats, stuff like that. It's like a very, like, very sweet thing. And by the end, like, you see that Radar does really like this baby. He's like very attached. And so he says like, oh, no, I lied. I am the father and stuff like that, of course. But he's been ruled out as the dad and whatnot. And I didn't really get it until the end when he's talking with Hawkeye of like basically admitting that he's a virgin, that he kind of just like liked that people thought that he wasn't a virgin. And I was like, oh, well, that makes that Mm -hmm. like less sweet, I guess. (laughs) No, it's like a combination. Yeah, I just wasn't seeing the cues for it in the beginning of the episode when he's in the mess tent and people are like giggling about it. I don't know. It was like a very weird thing. They're like patting him on the back being like, hey, boy, you did it. (laughs) Uh, Which is like a weird thing, but like. I don't know, that, that like, happens to some people, who knows? I guess, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, this is, like, skipping ahead, but at, like, the very end, there's, a, like, a nurse or somebody who comes by saying, like, yo, Radar, wanna go to the movies tonight? Because I guess the fact that she thinks that he's had sex before is, like, oh, so he's, like, a viable option now. That's pretty <laughs> cool, which is the weirdest way to get hit on. <laughs> That is that's that is kind of weird. <laughs> but I did think that that again, this is this is at the end of the episode when we find out that, of course, like Radar is not the dad. But the conversation that he has with Hawkeye basically telling him that he is a virgin is it, it was really, really wholesome and really sweet for Radar's character because mm-hmm. he was so like shy about it and kind of like upset about it. And Hawkeye was like, don't worry, like you basically you're a catch. Like Radar is clearly a very like nice guy. He was mm-hmm. willing to take responsibility for this child and stuff like that. Clearly, he's going to find a girlfriend who will like want to copulate with him. Oh, to copulate Vanessa, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to tag this explicit just for that. Um, <laughs> Not me saying radar fucks, but <laughs> no, I feel I like this little conversation that he had with Hawkeye as well. Just the fact that he's like, it'll happen. Like, don't worry about it. Like, don't make a big deal about these things. Is like really nice advice to like give to a kid i really enjoyed hawkeye throughout this whole episode uh because he's not really the focus like he tends to be this is kind of Mm -hmm. on radar and even like when you go back to the like family stuff like it doesn't really involve hawkeye much it's more frank bumbling about it but the little (laughs) bit of that we get of hawkeye in this one's like really good like it kind of confirms good guy character once again (laughs) Yeah, and also on this, the note about Radar, I kind of forget how young Radar is supposed to be in this show, mm-hmm. like that he is supposed to only be like right out of high school. You know, he got his GED basically in an episode in season one, like all this kind of stuff is just like, it's so crazy to me because like sometimes I do forget that Radar is just a really inexperienced kid. And even though he's really good at his job at the 4077, he is just like a baby basically. And yeah. he's at war and it's just like, ugh, it's so sad. <laughs> It's definitely something that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief in. It's very kind of clear that, like, Gary Berghoff is uh, not not so much a young man these days. Like, he is kind of clearly aging out of the role and will continue to do so for his remainder on the series. But, like, you just gotta have the idea in the back of your head that, like, Radar is a young kid. Yeah, and not even so much Gary Berghoff as an actor aging. But just because Radar is so competent at his job, Mm. like, you 
at least again, for me, I forget because Radar is just so good at what he does that he is a really inexperienced kid in other ways. And I like when the show reminds me of that. That's true. And there's been so many virgin jokes this season. This is like the the culmination of all of them. Uh, So like, you know, clearly the writers are trying to remind you quite a lot that he's a a young, innocent (laughs) babe in the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. So again, as we said, Frank is like, for some reason, he is so appalled by the fact that there's like Korean people in his presence in Korea. So while Henry and Hawkeye and Trapper are kind of dealing with this radar situation, Henry is like, yeah, Frank, if it's such a big deal to you that these Korean people are in our camp, you deal with them. Like, you get on the phone with civilian affairs. You make the you make them leave, basically. You can do it. And so Frank does. And of course, it's like he gets the civilian affairs people to, like, come take them on a truck. And Hawkeye and Trapper are like, they're not going anywhere unless we know where that truck is going. Like, we don't know what's going to happen to these people. And we're, we are too good of people to let you just, like, go off and potentially, like, harm these people. Yeah. So I thought it was really funny also that, um, not funny, it was so annoying that Frank, he was talking to Pac and he was saying, like, these are your people. They should be basically, like, kissing the ground that we walk on. Like, these lucky refugees are going to be resettled and this, that, and the other thing. It's just like, who are you? Like, yeah, I'm so sure that the Korean people are very lucky that, you know, Frank the Burns. United States and the Soviet Union are fighting a proxy war on their fucking farming land. Um, Jeez, we're getting, like, sorry. legit angry in this one. <laughs> no, but, like, but even so, it's just, like, it. it was... So true, because Pac was also giving him pushback about this of like, yeah, great, you're doing such a good job. And we know from history that the, in the Korean War, the 38th parallel did not move from the start to the finish. So there was such unnecessary bloodshed because for what reason? And that was so in this episode, it was very subtle, I felt. Like, of course, this was also commentary about the Vietnam War of, like, basically, why are we here? This, like, why are, why are we fighting this war type of commentary? And I thought that it was very well done with, like, the Korean War aspect paralleling the, the Vietnam War aspect. And, yeah, I just, I just thought that it was well done. And also, they end up being fine in the end, this Korean family. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> Hang on, I I can good, say something. Good. Give me a second to like organize my brain. So uh, I know I just like threw so much stuff at you all at once. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like so, I was so angry at this episode. Like not this episode, but just Frank. You're angry at the characters within this episode for behaving yes. how they were, not the production of the episode. No, 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 no. Like you said, this is like pretty well done for what it's trying to do. Like, yeah, they probably could have shown a little bit more of the family, like, you know, humanize them a little bit more rather than just kind of be like these weird guys who show up and it's like this inconvenience for the camp. Yeah. The kids like asking for a shoe sh- to like shoe shine, which I thought was like funny that he was just like just always going, giving you a <laughs> shoe shine, whether you liked it or not. And you're yeah, going to pay him so a cute. dollar, <laughs> uh, which was like pretty funny, but like. For what it was trying to do, like not getting too heavy in it, I I thought like pretty well handled. Also, I know this wouldn't happen. I know this is not how things actually work. 
but they are a mobile hospital, aren't they? That's what MASH stands for. So in theory, yep. they could just move. I know they wouldn't. Sure, that couldn't happen log- logistically. But like, guys show up claiming that you're on his land? Hey, why not move the mobile hospital? <laughs> <laughs> move down the road, guys. <laughs> just do that. Easy solution. I also liked in this episode that when we find out that Radar is not the dad of this child, Chun-Hee kind of, I guess, comes clean to Pac and says, you know, the real father left her and Mm -hmm. she was ostracized from her family. And I think I covered this in um, a couple episodes back, but women who had half Korean, half American children were actually ostracized from their communities and their families and stuff because they were they were looked on as like sex workers. Um, yeah. And so this was like very realistic that her family would have like ostracized her. Unfortunately, like that's obviously a bad thing. But then to bring it back to like something lighter, when the family gets resettled, um, they take Chunhee with them. So it's just like I like how they kind of like adopted her into their family. And it was it seemed like just like a really that like sweet nice. wrap up. Yeah, yeah, I liked that a lot. I don't know if that would actually happen, but I, I did really like that. Honestly, kind of the ending to the family storyline kind of, for me, came very abruptly. They do track it throughout the episode, but it went from, like, Frank being, like, incompetent on the phone talking to this guy who apparently hits on him, which I thought was, like, a weird gag. <laughs> I loved um, that. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> no, it was funny, but it, like, I was not expecting that kind of gag. Oh, yeah, no. Me neither. <laughs> but... It kind of goes from him being like, incompetent to suddenly they have a truck and they're leaving. And you're like, oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess that's the end of that. <laughs> but yeah, I like how they do wrap that up too. And I loved, I loved when Chun-Hee comes clean. She tells Pac that the reason why she said Radar was the father, that he was like legitimately just very kind to her. I love that. I love that it made Radar be like this genuinely sweet guy who's kind of like deserving of love. Uh, It wrapped up his storyline really well that like he was chosen for the father, not at random, like not like, oh, I just saw this kid. He's going to be the father of my child now. It was he's a sweet guy. And if however this works out, I'm sure that he would take care of us. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, I liked I liked how it all wrapped up as well. So Vanessa, with all that said, do you have a trivia for us? I do. So I don't have um a ton of data about how much land was like taken from the Korean people like we saw in this episode, but I do have some data about land used by Americans during the war period and then beyond. So in 2020, the U.S. relinquished its control of 12 military sites to the South Korean government, making up over 12 acres of land and some of it in the heart of Seoul. This agreement was initially reached in 2002, but it didn't officially happen until 2020. So that just goes to show, like, how long America has, like, been in this situation and also, like, the long-lasting effects of the Korean War. That's crazy. It took 18 years. Yeah, I know. Also, fun fact, Camp Humphreys, which is located in South Korea, is the United States' largest overseas military base, but that was fortunately opened and made in conjunction with the South Korean government. So I just thought that was like a cool fun fact. Cool, cool. Love to hear some good cooperative stuff. <laughs> so also, um, I also have some trivia on the actress Claire Torreo. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that completely wrong. Um, she played Shun Hee in this episode. 
Her acting career was most prolific in the 70s and 80s. She had small parts in movies, including Cujo, 48 Hours, and this movie called Cobra. She is yet another MASH alum that was a guest star in Trapper John, M.D. Wow, they really did just get everybody, huh? (laughs) Yeah, apparently. She also guest starred on St. Elsewhere, Cagney and Lacey on ER, to name only a few others. She was a recurring character on several soap operas, including Days of Our Lives, Knott's Landing, and a show called Hunter. And most recently, in 2015, she guest starred in a role in the remake of Hawaii Five-0. So I thought that, that was pretty cool. We love a long career. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Oh, also, I just wanted to say before we get into our favorite lines, there was this guy. He was like from the Judge Advocate General Corps. And I keep getting uh, emails about them because I'm in law school. And uh, I've been seriously considering joining uh, this like Judge Advocate General Corps. Do it for MASH fandom. Like, do it so you can be part of a MASH institution now. <laughs> no, I like, I, um, it's like a really, really cool uh, program. So honestly, if we have other law students out there, think about it. So I mentioned that because my favorite line came when this judge advocate general came to the camp to like interview Radar and uh, Chun Hee. And he comes up to Henry and Henry's introducing the people around him and he goes, Lieutenant, this is Captain Pack, R-O-K, and this is Lieutenant Mulcahy, G-O-D, and I thought that that was hysterical. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. I don't know what R-O-K stands for. Uh, Republic of Korea. Okay, cool. <laughs> Love that. My favorite line is also a Henry line, as they tend to be. Uh, it was when the cow comes in, and Radar shows up at Henry's tent as Henry's freaking out, and he just goes, holy cow! And then Henry responds, never mind his religion, Radar. Just get him out of here. It's (laughs) so good. So, like, again, that is the kind of line that I picture Henry coming up with, like, a week before and, like, waiting (laughs) for a weird situation to use it. Henry is just too much. He is so funny. He's all of our dads. (laughs) So, Ethan, what is your martini rating for this episode? Ah, hmm. Okay. So this is a very solid episode, but it did not blow me away. I think I'm going to have to give this like the solid three out of five martinis. You know, pretty up there. Uh, No, maybe 3.5. I was maybe being a little too harsh, but like, you know, solid enough. How about you? So this is actually a four for me. Um, oh, wow. I don't know like if objectively it's a four or like in my heart it's a four, but <laughs> definitely I'm just like, re- I was really feeling this episode. Like I watched it not that long ago and then I watched it again and I liked it even more. So definitely a four for me, even though that's kind of like weird <laughs> for me to say. I don't know. This, this one has just a special place in my heart. Uh, hey man, there is no objectivity in critiquing media. It's all Yeah, this is our feel. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. <laughs> So, with all that said, just to wrap up, we'd like to thank Jacob Friar-Balco for being our technical consultant, Vanessa's sister, Melissa, for awesome cover art, and, of course, our listeners. Our music, social media, and contact for the show are linked in the description, as always, and join us next week for our discussion of Season 2, Episode 20, As You Were. But until then, question a cow's religion. Goodbye, farewell, and amen. Bye, everyone.